If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells, too. I'm not not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home. But just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. The lies we tell ourselves. We do it. You do it. I do it. Big lies, lies about other people, 
lies about the person we see in the mirror. Oh, I can't believe they, did you hear? They busted a child predator in the next town over. I'm glad those kind of people weren't around here. Look how nice our neighborhood is. Ooh, do you see that? They're repainting the house. When's the last time you put in your zip code on your state's child sex offender registry? Feel free to go do that right now. Yeah, it's it's not just the next town over. Oh, that car coming behind me on the highway? We're both doing 80. He's a little close, but it's no big deal. I'm sure he's paying attention and not texting. No, he's texting. The lies we tell ourselves. Man, just got back from the neighbor's house. I'm telling you what. I think that guy has a drug problem. Real, real substance abuse problem. Anyway, on to my second bottle of wine. Next week, I'm going to work out. I do it too. I'm not judging you. Trust me, I'm not. And maybe one of the biggest ones I hear all the time. I don't care about these leftists passing their stupid gun-grabbing laws. The cops would never enforce it. The military would never stand for that. (laughs) What, are they going to order the military in to enforce these laws? These guys would never do it. They're patriots. July 13th, 1942. 500 men load up on ammunition, and they head out to a village in Poland. Now I know what you're thinking. Jesse, this is a story about Nazis. This is a story about evil Nazis. No, it's it's a story about Jews being murdered. Don't get me wrong. This is not a story about Nazis. You see, in full disclosure, this is a little darker than usual today. Told you last week I agonized about even telling this, but I saw a headline, actually two headlines this weekend, and I decided the story needs to be told. You see, these 500 men, they were in Reserve Police Battalion 101. They were German, obviously. But you need to understand something about Reserve Police Battalion 101 before I go on and tell you their tale, and you need to pay really close attention here. Yes, they were part of the German military complex, but you need to understand German's military complex was complex. (laughs) There were a bunch of different facets to it, and there were a bunch of different groups that had nothing to do with really Nazism or anti-Semitism. A bunch of them. A shoot, a bunch of their most capable generals were guys who had served in World War I and such. They weren't these card-carrying Nazis. Well, Hitler can do his Nazi thing. That's fine, but I'm, I'm here to fight. These men in Reserve Police Battalion 101 were not frontline shock troops. 
they were really what it sounds like, a police battalion, a reserve police battalion, meaning they weren't even some full-time unit. These were people, well, think about your neighbors. They were middle-class, upper-30s family men. These were not tried-and-true Nazis. These were not trained SS guys who went through hours of propaganda learning about the evil Jew. They were just a reserve police battalion. Their job was to go to territory that had already been conquered, had long been pacified, and, you know, do things that cops do. The Nazis basically had a provisional government set up, and part of that provisional government means you need cops, right? You need law enforcement. No leading, no looting, no rioting, no burning, no murdering, that kind of thing. They load up these 500 men. They had never done anything like this before. And they drive them out to a little village called Josephow. This little village was full of Jews. Jews in occupied Poland. The commander of this unit, he was a man named Trapp. The commander of this unit stood up in front of them because they had loaded up extra ammunition, stood up in front of them and told them flat out, I don't want to do what we've been ordered to do today. I think this is awful. This is not, it's not stuff we should be doing. This is ugly stuff. But direct quote, orders are orders. And then he told them what they were going to be doing. They were split up into two different companies. One company would go into town. They would separate out the men from everybody else. And the men would be marched off. They were going to go to a work camp. You see, lots of the Jewish men, before they were killed, were worked to death. The Jews were slave labor, big time, in World War II, big time. And the old, the women, and the children were all to be executed that day. Now, he stood up in front of his 500 men, and he told them exactly what they were going to do. This was not some surprise. Granted, they'd never done it before. Again, these were not tried and true Nazis, and they were horrified. He flat out, he was so horrified by it, he told them, anyone who wants out, anyone who doesn't think they can do this, anyone who doesn't want to do this today, Step up now. And remember, we all have consciences, right? It's easy to think about these guys as being demons, but they're just people. Do you know how many of the 500 men stepped up in that moment and bowed out? Twelve. The rest of them locked and loaded. They went into town that day. They separated out the men. They then dragged the women and children and old people, loaded them up onto trucks, drove them out into the forest, and began to execute them. By all accounts, this was a major struggle for most of them. They were horrified by what they were doing, but they did it. Women, children, execution, point, Blank range, 
lay face down on the ground. They would put a rifle at the base of their base of their neck and fire. They were so distraught by what they were doing, several men would beg to be reassigned so they could go guard the road or something. Other men would wander off into the woods and act like they got lost and hide there. There are stories about some of them hiding in the woods and calling out to other people to make sure they were alone so no one would come get them and drag them back. Nevertheless, dead. 17 hours of murder that day. 17 hours. Left them laying on the forest floor, and they got back to their barracks, and they were distraught, to say the least. Got hammered that night. But they weren't done. The Jesse Kelly Show. The men of Reserve Police Battalion 101 struggled that night. They had killed 1,500 women and children and old people that day. The men, apparently as they marched off, began to hear the rifle fire, and many just collapsed in devastation knowing what was happening to their wives and children, as you can imagine. And so the men of Reserve Police Battalion 101, distraught with what they've been told to do, went home, got drunk that night, had nightmares. We we can't do that again. Except they did the next month. Hauled them out to a place called Lamazi, and this one got even worse, if you can believe it. They got the men really drunk before they started doing the shooting this time. They brought in some what were called Hiwis to do, quote, most of the killing. The Hiwis, just as a quick side note, again, not card-carrying Nazis. They were people from occupied German territories like Latvia, Romania, so on, so Belarus, and so on and so forth. And they essentially just asked for volunteers, oftentimes from prisoner of war camps. Hey, anybody want to get out of this prisoner of war camp and put in some work for us? These were the people who enthusiastically volunteered, and they used these guys to execute Jews and other people all over Poland. They bring them in. They have 1,700 Jews this time go dig their own graves in the forest, and they start shooting them. Only this time... The men of Reserve Police Battalion 101, they weren't in love with it still, but it's starting to grow on them a little. Actually decided to start beating some of the Jews. Decided to start helping out and doing some of the shooting. And before you know it, They were exterminating people. And before you know it, the men of police 
Battalion 101, Reserve Battalion, they were one of the main units assigned to deport Jews to Treblinka and other death camps, some of the worst Holocaust death camps out there. And when I say in charge of deporting, I don't mean they kicked in the door and rounded up five people. I mean, they would go down to the various ghettos. Remember, the ghettos are not like you like to think of ghettos. They would take the Jews because they had decided they were less than human. They would force them into one crappy part of town where disease and starvation and everything else was prevalent because clearly these parts of town were not well supplied, not well thought of. At some point, they decided we need to move this thing along a little bit faster, and they had to go into these ghettos and round up the Jews and get them out. Well, who do you think they went and got for that? You see, you and I like to imagine, again, there's some evil demon Nazi SS guy. No, it was the men of Reserve Police Battalion 101 loading Jews up by the thousands so they could be hauled off to death camps to get gassed. Unless you think to yourself, well, I mean, they maybe didn't know. what. Oh, they knew. They knew exactly where they were going. They knew why they were going there. We know this from testimony after the fact. Thousands and thousands. October of 42, October of 42, October and November of 42. This ghetto, that ghetto, this ghetto, that ghetto. Finally, November 1943, during a, well, they called it a harvest. They took two days, the men of Reserve Police Battalion 101, these middle-class, not car-carrying Nazis, just a police unit. Over the course of two days, they executed 43,000 Jews personally by hand. Turned into demons. Here's the reality of it. And this does me no pleasure to say. But here's the reality of it. You like to think, and I like to think, when we think back on these horrible, horrible atrocities that have taken place throughout history, obviously not just Nazi Germany, but throughout history, we like to lie to ourselves that they were different than we are. That they were different than the men who watch over us today. They were, they, well, they, it was Germany. These guys were p- demonic, Satan-possessed. I mean, they were frothing at the mouth, Jew-hated. No, most of them were just normal people. The truth is this. People, when given authority, then given responsibilities, then given orders, especially when given orders in front of their comrades, People will follow those orders. Almost all of them will. And if you look around you in society today, all the people you admire and the people I admire and the people who keep us safe, they're built the exact same way as the men of Reserve Police Battalion 101 in Germany.
I know that's offensive, but it's also true. They're built the exact same way. You see, you can tell yourself all the lies you want about how we're different and not here and this is different. The truth of the matter is this. The people with the weapons and authority over you will 100%, well, if not 100, 90, 95, they'll follow whatever orders they are given. Whatever orders they are given will be followed and followed to the letter. I'm about to tell you a couple brand new examples of, well, the people you think are different. But just know this as a quick wrap-up to our dark story today. I just thought it was a story that needed to be told. 500 men in Reserve Police Battalion 101. Do you know how many were executed for their crimes? Two. Many didn't even get trials until 1968. Few guys got eight years in prison, one got six years in prison, one got five years in prison. A few were found guilty and didn't get any prison time. The rest of them, they went on and lived normal lives. Responsible for the death of over 80,000 Jews, never saw trial, never got charges pressed against them. They lived out the remainder of their days in the German countryside as accountants, construction workers, lawyers, cops, businessmen. They came from being normal people. When they were done, quote, following orders, they went right back to being normal people. Safeguard your liberty with all your might. Because another lie we tell ourselves is there's someone out there who will safeguard it for us. There's, there's, this, there's this line of people, of men who will fight for me. No, there aren't. There's a line of men who will happily take it from you. Safeguard your own. nobody coming to save you and you know what i've seen and i'll be honest while i consider myself the resident cynic i've been disappointed not just by law enforcement i'll get to that in a second by people on the right by people i know personally by people i trust by people i mean By people I thought really believed in freedom, in sober sanity, in logic. You know how many people on our own side, yours and mine, 
that sold you and I down the river like that when a virus broke out? They sold your liberty down the river? Told you to shut up and go sit inside? They sold your livelihood down the river? Without a second thought? That's what... That's the part that has shocked me. And I didn't think at this point in time, as as horrendously soulless as I am, I didn't think I could be shocked. But watching the right, the majority of the right, lay down. That's been something, man. Two headlines. Quote, this is from WXYZ.com. FBI conducting a raid at a lure medical spa in Shelby Township. No, they weren't dealing heroin out of there. This is from the article. It's located on 26 Mile Road in Van Dyke in Shelby Township. The FBI confirms the raid is in connection to a questionable treatment for coronavirus that was being offered at the center. The FBI said it is a task force operation with the Department of Health and Human Services and the FBI. Let me just let me just say that sentence one more time so you get it. The FBI said it is a task force operation with the Department of Health and Human Services and the FBI. The Department of Health and Human Services is now raiding people. Agents participating in the raid were wearing special protection because of the possible risk. Basically, this well, this is from the article. Allure has recently promoted that it is treating COVID-19 patients who aren't hospitalized using intervenous, interv- how do you say that word, Chris? Intervenous? Is that right? Whatever. The IVs. Vitamin C therapy with great results. Essentially, this is one of those medical spas doing the injection things. I'm sure you've probably seen them. They hook you up to an IV. This one was giving people vitamin C. What does vitamin C do? I only have three years of community college. Well, a little less than three years. But what does vitamin C do? It helps your immune system. Does it cure COVID-19? I'm sure it doesn't. I don't know. I'm not an expert. Would it be beneficial if you were going to get a, vi- a virus to strengthen your immune system? Uh, yeah, probably. How many times have I told you about Omega XL? That was one headline. Here's the second. I wish I was making up this headline. And I wish when I got into the story that it got better as you went along. As first I saw this headline and I thought to myself, oh, Okay, that has to be one of those things where they're they're throwing out a clickbait headline and I'm going to read and there's going to be a lot more to it than this. Uh, there's not. Headline, this is from theblaze.com. Women arrested by undercover police for operating home salon. And I actually had the same thought Chris thought. When, when he saw it, Chris and I were talking about it. And we're like, oh, okay, so we got what? They were hookers or something like that? Drugs, hookers, something. No. Here's the article. Two women were arrested in Laredo, Texas, after they were caught running a beauty salon inside their homes. 
The women were arrested during an undercover sting operation by the Laredo Police Department. Officers from the Laredo Police Department were informed of activities through an anonymous tip sent to the Laredo Police Department mobile app on April 15th. The tipster informed police that the women were advertising salon services on social media. Police went on an undercover sting operation and arrested the women for offering beauty services. The cops were part of the COVID-19 task force enforcement detail. That's the boys in blue. The ones you love, the ones I love, the ones I've been cheering for and cheering on, and I still am behind this microphone. Just following orders. Two women, hungry, trying to get by, trying to pay their bills, decide to not go start robbing stores, not looting, not dealing drugs, not hooking on the corner in a skirt, decide to just start offering their services from their home so they can pay bills, and the police, like it's a cocaine bust in Miami in the 70s, went undercover to take them down? The FBI, in conjunction with the Department of Health and Human Services, is raiding a spa for giving people vitamin C? Look around you, people. Look how quickly your liberty was sacrificed without a second thought. Let me give you some very practical advice right now, and it's going to make you uncomfortable. I don't care. This is not your mommy's show. You no longer, in this day and age, have the option to not have a weapon in your home that you have trained with. Period. I don't want to care that I I didn't grow up around guns and they make me uncomfortable. I don't want to hear. uh, We've got small kids. Maybe when the kids get older, be serious. They have AK-47s fully locked and loaded in Afghanistan, leaning against the door of every home there with two-year-olds running around. Teach your kids weapon safety for Pete's sake. Get out to a range with instruction. Figure out how to use a firearm safely first. Safety always comes first. Safety for yourself Safety for your family. Teach them. Bring the kids along. It won't hurt them either. And then go to that range and begin training with your weapon. There is nobody coming to save you. There is nobody out there who won't sacrifice your liberty at the altar of following orders in a heartbeat. You do not have saviors. You do not have protectors outside of Jesus Christ. You are are, are 100% responsible for protecting yourself and protecting your family. You don't have people on your side. Or if you do, there aren't many of us. You can no longer outsource your protection. It does not work. 
because all of a sudden a virus breaks out or a war breaks out or something happens. And you know what? You look around and all the people who were carrying guns, they decide you're part of the problem. And if you haven't taken responsibility for your own protection, when the people with the guns and authority decide you're part of the problem, you eventually find yourself in quite a pickle. I know that makes you uncomfortable. I don't care. The time is now. I want you to be safe. Buy a weapon. Learn to use it safely. Train with it. Because if anything else, if nothing else, this should be a huge eye-opener for you. You're on your own. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What? Look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please. Don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.